documentaries. They are very, very helpful. Uh, one, one thing that I was fascinated with when I moved to the US is that people are always available to help, always available to help. All you got to do is ask. Don't feel shy. Don't feel that you know, you're, you're cold reaching out to a random person and, and he'll ignore you. People talk. People like to help and pay it forward. Uh, one of the biggest things that I learned from my mentors when, when I went back to them and said, hey, thank you for helping me out. And what can I do for you uh, now that I sold my company? Can I, can I make you whole in the process? They told me three words which have, have stuck with me, which is paid forward, and, and that's what I try to do. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several businesses into seven and eight figure companies, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, feel free to go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with me and always happy to chat. Now today we have a, a great, another great guest on the podcast, Deep Katyal, Katyal? Close enough. I told him I was going to mess up the name, and I, I did my best. But to give you a bit of an introduction to Deep, so um, graduated from college in software engineering. While he was in school, he did some internships. I think it was for Samsung, um, and then moved to Korea. Um, came up with a business Swipe that uh, was uh, became interested. Moved back to Seattle, worked on Swipe. Swipe got acquired and was looking to start something new. Decided on the new business was to do a bit of, I think, keyword data and voice data to determine what to advertise to people. Did that for a shorter period of time. Left there, went to a bigger company, you know, an ad, an ad and marketing company, and then ventured back out on his own. And or I guess a little bit of consulting for Qualcomm and also some other things, but ventured back out on his own as doing his own thing. And that's kind of where uh, brings us to where we're at today. And with that much as an introduction, welcome on to the podcast. Thank you, Devin. Pleasure to be here. So I'll give you, I gave a, the 30 second real quick brief run through of your journey, which never does it justice. So why don't we go back in time? Tell us a little bit about uh, college, graduating software engineer and how your journey got going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Happy to. Uh, I grew up in India uh, and uh, went to school there, did my engineering over there. Mm. And uh, I've always been sort of since I was super young, had been interested in computers, software. So, so engineering was a natural path for me. Mm. to understand what was, going, what was going on. And while I was in school, I interned for uh, Microsoft and IBM. And uh, at Microsoft, I led a, a community developer community, essentially called uh, Microsoft Developer Program, helped students get uh, free access to software, free access to education in Microsoft technologies. And, and that was mm. really, really fun. Um, mm. uh, at IBM, I, I worked on an autonomous computing project, which was way ahead of its time back in the day. It was trying to fix problems before they exist. But it got me more and more excited about how people were thinking about software at that point in time. And because this was 20, uh, 2007, there mm. was uh, still that weird craze of what a smartphone is. Apple hadn't really come up with the iPhone then. But uh, I, I was very interested in how mobiles could change fundamentally the way people work. So I ended up joining Samsung Electronics in South Korea to sort of help with that effort. Uh, worked on developing a Linux-based uh, smartphone on a platform called uh, Mego back in the day. These days it's called Tizen. Um, and then eventually when, when Android came out, we decided to merge those two together, take the best of each platform then. And now it is the Samsung default platform. Um, 
while I was at, at Samsung, I met a few of the founders of actually the company Swipe, which is a keyboard on Android phones that uh, you, you, instead of typing, you move your fingers across to form a pattern and input data that way. And that motivated me to move to Seattle, which was uh, quite fascinating because uh, I had no plans uh, of essentially moving countries, uh, but I just ended up here. I, I still remember November 22nd, 2010, it was a very cold day. It had snowed and it had never been in the snow before. So for me, it was a full experience. It was so, funny. So did you like, the, just as a complete aside, was snow, you know, there's once the novelty of snow wore off, do you like snow now or do you hate it? I love snow, but that day was a bad experience because <laughs> I decided to walk given that I had no idea how the city worked. And because it was my first day and I was 25, I was trying to make a good impression. So I was dressed up in a suit and formal shoes. <laughs> Bad idea in the snow. <laughs> but that being oh, said, it was, it was definitely one of those experiences. Uh, ironically enough, uh, when I did reach the office after hurting my feet, I got to know that no one was there because everyone was working from home. <laughs> so it snowed you walked in the snow anyway you got drenched and soaked and then you got to the office and you had to go back home pretty much pretty much so welcome to snow so we we actually just <laughs> it's snowing outside now as i look out the window so i'm in utah so we're, we're starting to it's been a slow winter but we're starting to get snow i love snow other than i don't like to drive in it and i don't like to shovel it but otherwise it's, it's a great thing oh, it is a beautiful thing absolutely so you so you you decided okay you know backing up just one question so you're working with Samsung you know that's certainly a big company world renowned has a lot of products you know you get to work on what sounded like it, some cool technology there mm -hmm. so what made you kind of decide hey I'm going to switch from Samsung I'm going to go work at Swipe which is a lesser known you know more of a startup and I'm going to change that into my career field was that hey I don't you know, I want to work for, I want to do something different. I'm ready for a change. I want to move to the States and this is my opportunity. Is it, Hey, I just want to try something different. Kind of what was that? What made or prompted that uh, change in the, in the career? That's a great question. That's a brilliant question. So for that, let me back up a little and, and, and tell you what swipe actually was supposed to do. So everyone knows swipe as this wonderful keyboard that changed the way people talk about keyboards, but mm. that, that was not what swipe was designed to do. Hmm. Swipe was designed to help people who are paraplegic, who can't move their hands and legs, who can't communicate with computers by putting a silver dot on top of their forehead and then having a camera track the head movement to create a pattern so that they can communicate with the device. And of course, this technology was developed pre-iPhones, pre-capacitive touch, and, and, and smartphones didn't really exist to have swipe on there. When the iPhone came out, a light bulb just went in our heads that made us move that technology to a smartphone. But the reason why I got interested in Swipe was because it was doing so much to help the world. Oh, cool. So, and so you got interested in Swipe and you said, hey, this is a cool technology, can have impact for the better. And yep. I, I decided, okay, while Samsung has been a great experience, I want to do something different. I want to go work on technology that's exciting, cool, and has that positive impact. Is that about right? Absolutely. So, so now you, you make that jump, you go to the Seattle, you get or bear the snow for a while, you work for Swipe, um, you know, how did, and then I think you made a transition to another startup that was more kind of keyword data, voice data. So what, you know, kind of what prompted that transition and how did that work? So not a transition. Swipe was acquired by a company called Nuance Communications. Uh, and Nuance has been in, in, in the field of uh, voice recognition technologies, dragon dictation, and also keyboard technologies. 
So ironically, the funny thing is, uh, Cliff Fischler, who actually invented the original T9 dictionary, sold it to Nuance, retired, came back, started Swipe, and sold it back to Nuance. Um, at Nuance, a couple of us were pulled aside to work on innovative new projects. So we were, there was an innovation team of sorts that was created between the previous CEO of Swipe, Mike McSherry, uh, Sundar Balasubramaniam, who was the head of product, and myself. And we started this division with two products, which was a using keyboard data, voice data input to understand user behavior for precise ad targeting. And the second product was using conversational uh, communication between an ad unit to give people a more personalized ad experience. So an example would be, if you're looking at a car ad on your phone or your desktop, you just look at a car and then you click on it. But instead of that, you could talk to it and say, what's your mileage? What's, uh, what would be my potential APR? Could, could you book me an appointment? Mm. Uh, and that got me interested in advertising uh, overall. Because before that, I, I didn't really care much about advertising. And once I got there, that's when I moved, made that move to a company called Opera Media Works because I was so interested in advertising. So, no, and I think that makes sense. So kind of you, Swipe got acquired, you worked on that and say, no, this is interesting technology in itself, but then even with regards to advertising and, and more specifically said, oh, this is an interesting industry, find it fun. And then, so now I'm going to make that switch and kind of more focus on advertising marketing company and go get that experience because there's that's where your interest lies. So you made that transition. Now, that was a bigger, if I remember when we talked about a bigger advertising, a bigger marketing company that you switched over to. Yes, it was uh, the third largest, fourth largest, I would say, advertising company back in 2014 when I joined it. Uh, Facebook, Snapchat, Google, and uh, it was trying to change the way that people thought about advertising, automating it. Uh, so while I was there, uh, we acquired around 11 companies that we brought together, and I led the global product for uh, 10 out of those 11 companies to, to sort of bring everything together, bring up the revenue from X to 6X or 7X. Mm. This is when I, I, I realized how inefficient the whole advertising ecosystem was, and mm -hmm. I wanted to fix it, uh, but I didn't have the resources internally to fix it, so I decided to take a break. I took around two months off and, and architected things in my head, and then I bootstrapped a company called Advangelist that focused on making advertising technology completely 100% automated instead of uh, the manual efforts. Bootstrapped the company mm -hmm. from zero to... Uh, around million and a half to a million dollars a month in revenue in two years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then merged with the public company to, to bring it to uh, greater heights. And that's where I am right now uh, as, as the CEO of the advanced list division of the public company in Mobiquity. So now one question kind of di diving into that just a bit. So you, you grew the, you bootstrapped group for two years on your own. What was the, 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 what was the motivation for merging with the other company and kind of doing that? And this, and I'll give you a couple of scenarios. Some people are saying, Hey, I just want to keep this as my own. I want to be able to grow my own thing, captain my own destiny. I don't want to merge other times. You're saying, Hey, in order to be able to dominate in the market or to have the resources, I can't do it on my own. And so this is a great opportunity. Other times saying, Hey, we got awesome technology. You got awesome technology. We can make something even better. So kind of give us an idea of what was the motivation for, kind of making that merger that you know change in the ownership structure that, that's a brilliant question so I, I think it was more the third option that you mentioned awesome technology awesome technology mm. so this company mobiquity technologies was a client of ours one of our our, our, our many clients that was using mm. our platform to essentially uh, cater to their advertising needs and what this company did pre-merger is they dealt in data so they kind of understood 
people's movement patterns across cities, states, different locations, malls, and whatnot, and understood their behavioral uh, patterns based on that, their shopping behavior, their living behavior, and whatnot. And that's that's the piece that we missed. We had built an execution technology uh, that would get data signals, make AI-based decisions, and execute on something, but we did not have the core data. We always bought data from other sources to make this happen. So it was, it was a marriage made in heaven uh, that said, okay, we have the execution technology, you have the data, makes sense to bring it together and, and offer it as a unified product rather than all over the place. No, and I think that, you know, that's always interesting. And that's a little bit and completely different, you know, journey, but kind of the same thing. The one of the first, com- the, the real first company I started was while I was doing MBA school without boring all details, started as a business competition, bought out my partners, screwed into an actual company alongside when I was doing my full-time legal career was doing this as a, a second full-time career, a second full-time business, but grew that. And then we had an opportunity to basically license a lot of the technology to what was a, in a different industry, but technology matched up really well with what they're doing and made the decision. Hey, we, if we were to license to them, you know, partner with them, so to speak, that would uh, increase what we could do with the technology, you know, significantly. So I certainly get, you know, making that decision. Um, So now as you made that decision and when, or when did you, when did the merger take place or when did you make that uh, or or change? Uh, December, 2018. So two years after, after formulating the company. So, so you've been doing that now for a couple of years, two or three years with the merger doing that. Has it been a good deal and, you know, good, a good career path? Would you make the decision again? Would you say, Hey, I, w- I wish I would have stayed independent or kind of what looking back now, you know, how is that, how's those last or since the merger, how's that played out for you? It has been great. Actually. Uh, it has been really, really good. I would absolutely do it again. Um, it, it brought people to the table that I could learn a lot from, which was incredible based on their years and years of experience. I had never been exposed to the public market. So this was a great learning opportunity for me on, on how public company versus private company works, how VC funding as opposed to public funding works. And uh, the combination of the product has, has certainly created value. So, you know, it, it's as we say in software, it's never one plus one is equal to two when you're merging two software companies together. If one and one make five or 10 or 20, it, it uh, makes all the more sense for it. So it, it definitely has been amazing. And the fact that we we couldn't get a ton of resources without raising funding when we were independent, given that it was pre-bootstrap, it has also helped scale things faster with the availability of certain resources. No, and I think and that sounds like it was a great decision. It's one, it's fun, you know. It can either work out well, and it can work out terrible, right? Some mergers, you just you don't, you know, the technology doesn't match, people don't match, you know, right. everything else. And other times, you're saying, hey, this is really fun. I can work with a lot of like, really exciting people. It can build the company, and and it's probably a lot of my same experience when we've done with the other company um, that uh, did some licensing with. It's been a great experience. So. Now, as you're looking kind of towards the future, say in the next six to 12 months, where does that look like for you? Where do you think you're headed and uh, kind of how does that play out? So I've, I've always been interested in, in how to help the world, right? Which is the whole reason why I was telling you I joined Swipe in the first place. The fact that it became a software company was a different story altogether. So I'm, I'm in the process of exploring certain uh, products in the medical field that kind of help bring the costs down quite a bit. And, and right now I'm not in a position to share uh, internal details and then what the company is all about, but it sure. is in the field of medicine. It's uh, with one singular goal, how to bring the costs down that people 
eventually pay out of their own pockets. And, and it's in the field of uh, figuring out how sterilization processes would work, how perioperative procedures would work, and how equipment tracking would work at a very optimal level. Uh, I'm always doing some other things on the side. So one of the things that I do right now is I consult with a chip manufacturing company, uh, helping them sort of understand uh, what's next from a software perspective, five to 10 years down the line, strategize for it. Oh, cool. Well, it sounds like a lot of, can't always provide all the details, but a lot of exciting things, a lot of fun things that are in in the future and coming up. And maybe once that gets a a little bit farther down the road and we can, uh, you can uh, share a bit more details. We'll have to have you back on and discuss that a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love that. So now, so as, as we kind of bring the, the journey up until today and even looking a bit in the future, the good transition is to now ask the two questions I always ask at the end of the podcast. So the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was your worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Um, <laughs> everyone makes weird decisions. I think the worst decision that I made as part of uh, Evangelist uh, was not raising money. Uh, and uh, it was a very calculated decision because unfortunately, uh, as, as fun as raising money sounds, it is a full-time job. So my, my options were very clear, either I run the company or I raise money and I chose to run the company instead of uh, raising money. But I believe raising money could have uh, spearheaded us faster. We could have uh, gotten more market traction faster and, and, and maybe it would have been a bigger enterprise. Um, I don't regret it. Uh, would I do it again? Possibly not. I'll, I'll possibly go raise money the next time. Yeah. You know, that one's always a, a hard one and, you know, to raise money, to not raise money in the sense that, you know, if you, if you don't raise money, sometimes it does, you, the company never gets anywhere. You don't ever, you know, it doesn't take off. It doesn't perform or you never get off the ground. And yet sometimes you're all saying, Oh, but if I raise money now, I've got a bit more of handcuffs. I'm, I'm not, the only, I don't get it. You know, you have other people that are involved in the business, making the decisions, driving it. And so it is always kind of that hard decision to make. And sometimes you look back and say, I made the right one. I kept it all to myself. And other times say, no, I should have taken, taken on the money or had a bigger impact. So definitely get that or making how that decision is made and you know and looking back on it yep yep now now the second question i'd ask is so if you're now talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them pick your mentors they're very very helpful uh one one thing that i was fascinated with when i moved to the u.s is that people are always available to help always available to help all you got to do is ask. Don't feel shy. Don't feel that, you know, you're, you're cold reaching out to a random person and, and he'll ignore you. People talk. People like to help and pay it forward. Uh, one of the biggest things that I learned from my mentors when, when I went back to them and said, hey, thank you for helping me out. And what can I do for you uh, now that I sold my company? Can I, can I make you whole in the process? They told me three words which have, have stuck with me, which is pay it forward. And, and that's what I try to do. No, I think that that, you know, mentors can one thing i didn't appreciate as much you know earlier on was that mentors can have a big impact on business in the sense that you can one leverage things or leverage knowledge that you don't have personally and or expertise to sometimes if nothing else you know there is a lot of up and downs with you know doing your startup doing a small business and doing those type of things and the mentors can sometimes just be there to lend an ear let you know that you're not alone that they've been through it too and everybody has those ups and downs and so i think that you know on a lot of friends getting a mentor certainly has that benefit 
Well, as we wrap up, if people want to find out now more about you, your business, they want to be an uh, investor, they want to be a customer, they want to be an employee, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out, connect up to your find out more? Email. Uh, very easy. Uh, my email is deep, D-E-E-P, at my last name, uh, K-A-T-Y-A-L dot N-E. So feel free to reach out. I'm always here. All right. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to reach out, connect up with Deep and find out more and uh, be certainly uh, <clears throat> keep an eye on him. So now as, uh, as we wrap up, thank you for coming on the podcast. For all of you that are listeners, um, if you want to be a guest on the podcast and you have your own journey to tell, feel free to go to um, inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. If you're a listener, also make sure to click subscribe so you get notifications as all of our awesome episodes come out, as well as leave us a review so new people can find us. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents or trademarks for your startup or small business, reach out to us at Miller IP Law by just going to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Thank you again, Deep. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure to have you on and uh, wish you the next labor journey even better than the last. Thank you, Devin. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate your time.